You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. With me today is Stephanie Larson. She is the CEO of Encircle. Uh, Stephanie, you've been talking about how you got started with Encircle and how you were helping LGBTQ families and the community. Uh, talk about the, the name you chose. You've been talking how about how you chose your first home. How did you choose the name Encircle? What were you hoping to tell people? Well, it took us a couple of months, to be honest, to come up with a name. And then one day it became very clear. Uh, Tom Christofferson was on our board. He was uh, one of the founding board members. And uh, for those who are not familiar, Tom is the brother of Elder Christofferson. And Tom is gay. And Tom talked about when he came out to his family that his mother sat the family down and said, no one in this family will ever be outside of the circle of our family's love. And that idea brought up this idea of encircling people both within our families and our communities and maybe even broadening those circles and making them larger of who we love and support and how we do it. What a wonderful, what a wonderful way to come up with a name. Talk about how things have changed from what you originally envisioned into what they've developed into. What did you hope originally and how, how does it look to you now? Well, Holly Alden bought the home for us initially. Uh, she is one of the founders of Skull Candy and Stance Socks. And I remember standing out on the grass with her one day when she was trying to decide if she was going to buy the house. And she said, Stephanie, is there a need? And I was like, yes. But I really had no idea. And so we opened the house, and within a month, it was just full. We serve about 50 to 60 youth a day. And this is in a, you know, an 18 square foot space home. So the, the rooms are always full of youth and parents and, and just people there uh, wanting to support the youth. And so one, we were shocked at the need. We didn't realize that people would be driving from Ogden to be part of, you know, what was going on in the house. Um, I truthfully thought, well, this is just going to be a place where people come and they have cookies and we do homework and hang out. But before long, we saw the need to have programs and therapy and all the services that we could possibly provide these youth. These youth are beautiful and they're struggling and they need to know that they're okay. And they're coming from Ogden. How do they hear about you? Do you know, I think that it's word of mouth through the youth. Once you get youth coming, they start bringing their friends. And, you know, there are parents who show up in tears every day. Their child has just come out, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They don't know what to tell their kids. And so we hope to be a place where they can have those conversations with other parents and with therapists and other people who can help them on their journey so that they can best support their youth and give their chance their 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 families a youth a chance to thrive. You started with one house. You have more than that now. What what are your? Well, I don't know if I want to say goals, but what's kind of your vision of the future? Well, we opened the Salt Lake House uh, on Valentine's Day, twenty nineteen, because the Provo House was bursting at the seams, and um, then we we're opening the St. George House on April eighteenth this year. So in just a few weeks, we hope to be in Logan next. We've been working with Utah State for about a year, trying to w find a way to make that happen. Um, we would just like to take this these 
put Helms in places that maybe other people wouldn't want to go, places where we see that there are no services for youth and families. So is your vision the same as far as the type of architecture in the home, or has that changed? Well, so far... Because renovating an old home is difficult work. It is. It's expensive. It's difficult. We put a lot of time into doing that. Um, You know, in the beginning, it started out because John was gone, and I was looking at this home going, what would John do if he were here? And he would have done it nice. He would have made it a beautiful space that felt good to be in. And then that became a lot of what we do in each home. We want a mom to walk in who is scared to death that she's walking into this space, walk in and say, wow, this is beautiful. I wish my home looked like this. I wish my home smelled like this. And maybe eventually I wish we treated each other the way they do in this home. Uh, We want to show people that these kids are valuable, they're classy, they're worth investing in, and we are investing in them. And we want those homes to represent to the youth something they can be proud of and who they are. And so we have been very fortunate that uh, Brad Clark, a man out of Washington, D.C., bought the home in Salt Lake and St. George for us. And then once we showed up in those communities, the community paid for the renovation you know, donated appliances by Mountainland Design, donated carpet from Carpets Plus, you name it. You know, our community shows up. They do reduced and free price labor, and it doesn't cost us that much to renovate these beautiful homes. Are you surprised at the community reaction to what you're doing? Yes. I was scared to death because I thought I would be misunderstood in my community in Provo. But instead, you know, I thought, are we going to be picketed across the street from the temple when we do this? How do we create a place where we are a true resource to the people of Provo and beyond, a place of love and not maybe screaming across the street? And so we came up with the slogan of no sides, only love. And that's what we live in the houses. You know, when when we, we're not about telling people how to be, we're just about trying to love and we see the best in people. And when we do volunteer trainings, sometimes we have 90 people show up. And they're from all walks of life. Um, if you don't mind me telling this, we go around the room every time we do a volunteer training. And we say, why are you here? Why would you want to be an encircle volunteer? We'll always have a mother or father who's lost a child to suicide. We'll always have a parent who has two or three children who are LGBTQ. We have students from BYU, UVU, the University of Utah who are just curious and they want to learn or they need internship hours or service hours. Um, One time we're going around the room and I have a man who says, I'm here because I am so mad at the LDS church. They're killing our children. The man sitting next to him says, well, I'm an LDS bishop and people come to me first. I need to understand how to help them best. And the man sitting next to him says, well, I'm gay, and I'm in a Mormon bishopric. And I, I literally burst up laughing because I'm like, wow, we have everyone here. And I think that's what's so beautiful about Encircle is everyone puts their differences aside. They come to the house with the intent and purpose of showing these kids, we care about you, you're valuable, and we need to do better for you. And I think you feel that love when you come in the house. 
I hate to take a break, but we need to take a break. You're listening to Healthy My Matters. Today we are talking about Encircle and how they help LGBTQ families and communities. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 